0: Passages, a limited series, featuring writings from the Pan-African world. Brought to pan african by Pan-African Count One. Scene One. Darling, it's me again, darling. Darling, I'm calling to let you know that I left the stove on. I think I left it on. But more than that, I wanted to talk to you. Now that you are going out in the world and ironing your own clothes and pushing the door frame with a new kind of force, I wanted to speak to you. You are entering a world slower than you and you will be surprised and will try to pry open what you swear is overripe buds, but they don't open that far, darling. They are jammed shut and when they do open, they open slightly and for little. But I wanted to grow you fast, put skates on you, even as I held you because you were born when the sky is falling. And the raincoats made no sense and all the past comforting in our traditions have stolen away and are rusting somewhere by a doorless fridge, out on the lawn. You will meet men who say that there has been progress, and I know you will skip them, but it is the others I worry about. The others I don't think I've prepared you enough for. Those with the fiery blooms like Venus flytraps that you are sure must be ready to make magic the forest floor. But they are jammed too, darling, or their attention is distracted. And that is the problem. Because in the master's world, the elder trees are cut down, the rivers dry up and the species die out in droves. And it's been like this from the first hour. It is not just now. Since before the last dodo bird was heard to squawk. Since peoples with names and cultures were vanished. The poisoning of our animals and death march of our unprofitable plants. It is not just now. It has been long before the sky was filled with soot. And crude oil tars their lungs to the collarbone. They came to us with a hatchet for elder trees and the elders. And so we've had time to prepare. And even so, even we were slow. And everyone here is still slow. That is why I birthed you with runners. Darling, I don't have much to say, but run. Run at them. There's no more protests, no more talking. Who did we think we were talking to? To achieve what? They clogged their ears and mouthed our words back to us. And we waited. We stood there waiting. Run. And the good of them will tell you to wait for it. Revolution is coming. That the classes will awake from their sleeping beauty and leap at them. And flood the offices with sewage. But that is a waiting, darling. Awaiting all the same. And we are not the same as them. We cannot wait in the fields. Sharecropping because the riders come for us, not them. They say we are together, but the riders, they come for us, not them. Learn how to eat lychee on the go. Keep the stars in blur. We will be fighting over ashes in the end because of all our former waiting. But I want you to claim your ash this time. Have a stake in it. It is not so much what there is left to gather in the basket, but that you can wield it over their head. Darling, I don't want you to leave my hearth and go mingle with the positive people. I know you must rebel. And I cannot tilt your uprising in any direction. But there are infinite ways. If you must uprise. From my arms push towards a beautiful place. Dye your hair. Follow the fashion. But don't be for freedom like them. Be free like in the way that is free. Darling, we're not on what they're on. Walking in the city all camouflaged with the hills. Break. Break. Wait, there's another line. Scene 2 She said she wanted to see them walk the plank for fun. I said they would never let us in the good society with them type of views. She said we are the good society. Nevertheless, said I, we don't have two strings to tie together. What power can we ever wield? She said, that is why they must hurry up. And she went to carry out another plank to continue building the ocean liner with her hands. It is true, darling. Even me. I have no interest in waiting for them to rebuild their forces with crossed fingers hoping they won't do this time. What they have done consistently and everywhere. No, darling, there is no justice I want. Not even peace with them. No negotiations and strenuous talk. There is not any time for a just war. I too would be happy to see them walk the plank. Run the middle passage over with another color build new plagues with our own hands, help do what we can to send wasps in their kitchen and spiders under their pillow. I don't know what my mother prayed for, what my grandfather on my mother's side prayed for, but for me, it is for them to be locked in on the inside of refrigerators and for their small gods to escalate down from the heaven and chain drag them to the junkyard. If I pray, darling, I pray for these things hard and ensure that works push my prayers into existence. Let them say, Woe is me in the common way and clutch their gallstones. Let there come an army from Lalibela and Angola to which they must scare off with woe is you and shout at their God who will not listen because he was on the stoop of his heaven plating his daughter's hair with bubbles and watching what was going on. When they rise from if I die my soul to take and find God with a branded back, crusted foot and locks down to the Kilimanjaro top, saying to them, walk the plank. Scene three. All of her incense is from Darajani market. All of her chewing sticks were purchased in Tobago. She said her wingspan stretched over the Atlantic and then again over the African ocean but that she traveled in disused shopping carts. I told her I need a job. I was polishing my CV and removing the sorrel stains and all the typos so that I could catch a piece of a mortgage before societal collapse. And I would build her more than a shopping cart, but a jet ski for overland. And she kept on about her wingspan, Obsessed over it. Said she had no bang, So she rose a ram's horn from a project balcony and made it Mount Muero. And she waited for the collapse of the society of our pension. She waited for the melting away of the buses and self-checkout lines and wine I poured for her and promised weekend in Lyon. We would divorce if she did not step down from the edge of balconies and stop disturbing the peace, I said. If she didn't know, like everyone knows, you must draw them down from the inside, infect the intestines of the society until their traps billows onto the ground like bedsheets. And I told her that I wouldn't have her call me a liar. We would be divorcing that very night. She said nothing, your mother. She jumped from the ledge of the balcony and glided with a contraption with a wingspan of coconut husks. That was your mother, that absentee, that madness. I saved you from a character in a novel. From a carriage glued onto a contraption of coconut husks. I see too much of her in you. I used to leave you in the middle of car washes. It breaks my heart to see you still dreaming of off-balcony things. Scene 4. I have never held a machete. I assume its weight is heavy and the handle is leathery and wrapped in white thread. And that would be the hilt. Or maybe the head of it is the hilt and it is important to keep it sheathed. And when you can you must rub it against other machetes like thighs causing sparks to sharpen it and keep it so that a tickle of its chin would split your fingertip of your index finger down the middle like a sweet potato. I've watched the machete fights on Haitian YouTube. I've studied it on the Angola flag. I saw the illustrations with Nat pointing it at the cowering devils with authority. But in this city, there are no cane fields, and ordering one off of Amazon would cause suspicion. But the settlers don't carry shamboks or kibokos. The masters don't carry horsewhips. So a modern man does not need to know the feel of a machete. Is this not true, darling? That it is a symbol for us, there is no need to know its weight. Don't discourage me. But, you know, even in these shoes and this jacket, I'm not like them. Well, let it be enough. The mind movies I see have scenes of catching them out of earshot from the patrol in the shadows of their closet. Not of protests. In the poems I write, There is a pit that they all drop in. And these are love poems. In the art I make, it is model drawing of a cavity in their chest. In a scholarship I do, the peer reviewers are calling the police. I am not like them. You know that. I am also off the balcony. But, I am not your mother. All my documentaries catch the police. All my algorithms get them visited by street gangsters. How can you say I'm anything like them? Because I have not swung a machete? Because I've only saw them on social media? We have so many young boys and girls now who will never know machetes, who push iron cars down hills, or play handheld soccer. Nobody uses poison arrows in a time of nuclear war. Oh, baby, what are you doing with that machete? In the sun, now in the moon, shining it in the sun, now in the moon. You think this Dordoma? You think this is Soufriere? You think there are Seminoles? We don't have access to the space under that master's bed. They have digital gates and machines that scan your pupils. It is not that I do not swing machetes. It is that the swinging must be digitized. The land is made of binary numbers. And so should we be. I feel you don't respect me. And think that I am lying, darling. Maybe my time is done. Maybe I fell down a future that is in the back of their pickups. But you will go nowhere with romance. Sneak into their pickups. Skip stones across their zeros and ones. Your mother is a secouillon by now. She watches over you. Build your own machine or pour white rum over their circuit boards. That is my advice, but my time is done. But it is full time that the oceans ran black and the mountains black. And night was a suspended thing over the land. You mustn't think that I was like them. Crash the waves in however you will, but I wish you would call me back. That concludes this episode of Passages, brought to Pan by Pan African Town One. Follow us on Twitter. The Organization for Pan-African Reality at ORGPA Reality. Music composed by Mobley and Mobleyhoo.com See you next time.